Welcome to Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. This is the podcast designed to help you lead your life enthusiastically today, tomorrow, and every other day. I am your host, Ron Kaiser, positive health psychologist, also a keynote and TEDx speaker, and author of the triple award-winning book, Rejuvenating the Art and Science of Growing Older with Enthusiasm. My website is the Mental Health Gym. It's your source of all kinds of information related to positive psychology, my own particular spin on it that I call goal-achieving psychology, rejuvenating, and all kinds of other things wellness-related. It's also the place where you can communicate with me and suggest guests for future podcasts. Now, as listeners to my podcast know, my goal is to bring you interesting, informative guests who lead their own lives with enthusiasm and have different ways of helping us each to become our best versions of ourselves. And since this podcast is airing in early 2022, it's really a good time to think in terms of what we can do to move forward in a very positive way. And I can't think of a better guest to get us started in the new year than Lauren Abrams. And we're going to welcome Lauren in just a few moments. But let me tell you a little thing about her first. Lauren is the founding member and managing partner of the law offices of Lauren Abrams. She's been exclusively protecting the rights of employees for over 22 years. She's pleased to serve as co-chair of the Practice Management Committee of the California Employment Lawyers Association and is a member of the Women's Law Association of Los Angeles and the State of California Employment Lawyers Association, among others. And her practice areas include wrongful termination, whistleblower and retaliation, protected leaves of absences, disability discrimination, pregnancy discrimination, race and other age discrimination and or age discrimination, uh, natural origin discrimination, racial harassment, sexual harassment, looks like lots of negative stuff. So you'll be surprised that the reason I really wanted her on the show is because of the podcast that Lauren operates. It's called 52 Weeks of Hope. And basically, it's an uplifting weekly podcast. 52 Weeks of Hope really features different thought leaders, activists, elders, and other visionaries who share their journeys through difficulties and uncertainty and emerge knowing that we don't have to go through this alone. And so I think you can see where our messages dovetail quite a bit. Through humor, transparency, and vulnerability, her podcast gives you real solutions for today's issues and reminds listeners that everything and anything I guess it should be anything and everything is possible. So again, you've heard some of this from me, but now let's hear it from an expert. So Lauren, welcome to Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. It's such a thrill to have you with us today. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. Well, it's our pleasure and looking forward to our conversation. And the first 
thing uh, that I'd like to talk about or ask you about is there are some things that don't seem to to mesh in this world. Uh, every once in a while, I may hear of a police officer who relaxes by doing needlepoint or <laughs> somebody who that has two parts of their lives that seem to almost be dichotomous. And I think, I wonder, given your law practice where you're hearing a lot of complaints, I, I guess that's, you know, it's as I guess most law practices, uh, I guess it just matters what kind of complaints, but you're hearing about people who are being oppressed, who are being uh, harassed, who are being uh, mistreated in various ways. And yet out of that, you've got that other part of you that, that talks about 52 weeks of hope. Can you kind of tell us a little bit about how, how these two things come together in the same person? Yeah, that's a great question. And I have actually interviewed a police officer who meditates and all these other things. And and we meditate in our office in the afternoons just to kind of, you don't have to, but just to kind of bring the energy, get great. connected again. Yeah. So 52 Weeks of Hope comes from my own dark night of the soul. We all go through it. Nobody gets to escape this life without going through Everybody goes through it at some point and many points, and and the only way through is through. And I went through mine, and when I got through the other side, I was like, what the hell was that? This one was just really kind of surprised me. And once I got through it, I really was just kind of like, okay, so why are we here? I really was questioning, why are we here? What's life about? And I single mom with two little kids and just really struggling and, and not knowing what the meaning of life was kind of a thing. And I thought, I am going to go and ask an older demographic. They say nobody on their deathbed ever wished they worked harder or made more money. So I figured an older demographic would have gleaned a lot more about life. And I just wanted to ask, like, why are we here? What have you learned from living life a lot longer than I had? And I decided just to kind of a project. I'm not a DIYer. So I thought I would just ask, like, what have you learned? And I'd ask a person a week for a year for me. This is my project that I was going to do. I do a lot of service work. I always have. And I just started launching out and asking a person a week. And for my own soul, this was my soul journey, something I was doing for me. And people would divulge the most personal information to me. And I am not a shrink, but I would just sit and I would talk to people and ask them, you know, what they had learned. And, and I'd go home at night after and I'd write it up in my verbiage and send an email to my best friend. And it would be kind of funny, not making fun of the person or anything like that. I don't mean that, but just in my language. And after a period of time, there were common themes that were emerging. And I thought, this is so good. This is rich and meaningful. I'm going to make one of those, write one of those books where you open it up and somebody says, that's just what I needed to hear. Or you close it and open it again and go, that's what I needed to hear. And then COVID hit and I just did a pivot and started podcasting. And I love podcasting. It is amazing to me, the people I get to interview and all these different change agents and leaders and just amazing, amazing people I get to interview um, I've learned different modalities for healing and and religious leaders. And it's just amazing. I've decided a lot of it's for me. <laughs> but I get to be of service in whole new ways and, and help a lot of different people. And it 
fills me up and brings me joy. And so I love it. Great. That's how it came about. Great. Well, that's that's really good to hear. I'm wondering, are there are there some themes that you find that uh, I, I'm sure everybody has their own individual story, but are, are there some key things that people who tend to get through their dark periods tend to call upon or utilize uh, that that you can share with us? I can. Um, well, one thing, the only way through is through is definitely a theme. I've talked to people who've lost children, which to me is just the toughest, I I would think. I mean, I don't mean to rank what's tougher than something else. But resilience, we are a resilient species. It it is amazing. And um, some of this comes from a friend of mine who committed suicide, actually. And there were over a thousand people at the funeral. This is pre-COVID when you could have large gatherings like that. And I thought he was so loved. He's somebody that like... You just were so happy in his presence. And clearly a lot of people felt like that to see that many people at a funeral. But he didn't feel like that. So, But that was a mental health issue. That's a whole different issue. So I don't mean to go quite there. But that we all get through everything. and But we need community. One of the first things when I was physically in, talking to people, a couple of the messages that really came about was put down your cell phones, <laughs> which, you know, that we need to connect with each other and not texting. And it's not through cell phone. It's that we need community. We need each other. It's we are not a species meant to isolate. It's, it that really came through and that we can carry each other through anything. We'll never get over some of the darkest periods, but we can carry you through and you don't have to go through it alone. It's Rabbi Ken Chasen. One of my earlier episodes, he says it better than I ever could, but he he said it beautifully about community. Well, there's uh, actually a lot of good science to support the notion that as a species, that that's one of the things that's enabled us to survive. And uh, I don't know if the right word is dominate, but uh, to really advance as far as, as we have is the fact that we have, you know, worked in communities, pull together, help each other, and so on. And uh, to some extent that uh, you would think we would be further along when we see how much divisiveness there is nowadays when pulling together seems to be kind of such an important kind of thing. I heard something really good about that that helped me early on, that whenever we're moving forward, that it's we need to be shook, shaken up, shook up, that in order to move forward the way we're moving forward, that maybe, you know, there's always going to be people that pull you back a little bit and just to breathe into it and know this is how change happens. And that there's a lot of us, we're living longer, we're, we're getting healthier, the blue zones where people live the longest and are the healthiest. There, there is community. There is a lot of things that I was speaking about. So the country is, and the world is getting shaken up. And that some people don't like it. And so they maybe want to pull back. And But there's enough people. And, and what we focus on grows. So when we focus on the good and know that there's enough people like you and your listeners that that want to heal and be healthy and, and be full of vitality and magic and good and all of that and, and have a full life no matter what age. Age is just a number. And when they and you focus on how to be happy and have that joy and bliss and all of that, and you focus on that, there's so many people on this earth that are like that, 
and you focus on that, all those people are moving forward. So the ones trying to pull back, there aren't as many. You know, those are the ones that make the news and the headlines and all of that. I, I, so what? You know, you like you just go, okay, well, those are just noise. Mm-hmm. We focus on like what's good and full of joy and bliss. There's so many, and that's what I've discovered, mm-hmm. and that's hope. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I guess I'm wondering though. There, we've all had to confront something that none of us studied for or planned for or prepared for, and that was the pandemic. (laughs) And I know some people have actually thrived through it, but I would say for most people, it was a really major adjustment, part of which is what you just mentioned, that that the absence of community and the absence of being able to even see close family members and experience touch and so on. Any uh, advice? Uh, unfortunately, we're we're still in the pandemic, still seeing spikes in some places. Any ideas that can help us get through what hopefully be will be the the downside of it? Well, I mean, everything passes; it all passes. So meditation helps to to tap into the energy. And one thing I've learned is, no matter what modality. You believe in, I've learned about tapping through the people. I, I've learned about all kinds of breathing exercises. And there's so many different modalities that I have learned about through interviewing different types of healers. They all work. This is what I've learned. Yoga, whatever your practice is, they all work. And it's really amazing. Zoom, talking to, we started doing family Zoom meetings at the very beginning of COVID every single week. And we have talked to each other more than we have in our entire lives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was pretty incredible. So when we finally saw each other, we felt very caught up. And it's not the same. It's not the same as hugs and everything else. But I, I personally believe in vaccines and boosters. <laughs> and I'm not going to get into that. But, you know, we don't travel as freely and all of that. But there's one suggestion is don't be around naysayers. People like you've got ideas, you have things you want to do. This is the time to do them because you might not have this much free time. You might like once this passes, you're going to have all those activities again. And it's so uplifting. I did a book club yesterday in person for a holiday party. Everyone was vaccinated and boosted. And oh my gosh, it was such a, it was so much fun. It was just so much fun to be together with everybody and to discuss the book, but then also just to be together. And it was time consuming. And like once those things start happening again, all those the so if you have an idea, something you want to accomplish, do it right now, (laughs) because you might not have this kind of time. All your activities start back up. It's uplifting to be around people again. Yeah, well, I'm hearing uh a couple of really important things. One is the fact that, you know, this we can treat it either as a miserable time or a time where where we have, you know, certain opportunities that we we won't have once this passes and uh, that we haven't had in the, the past. And the other, uh, and I think I say this as a psychologist, I, I was really appreciated you saying they all work, all the various techniques work, because I think too many of us kind of assume, and whether we're talking about psychology, whether we're talking about politics, whether we're talking about forms of relaxation, 
we become adherents of a particular approach. And uh, rather than recognizing that hey, they all work, and some may work better for some people than others, but they all work, that it becomes something of saying, well, if you're not doing it the way that I do it, then you're doing it wrong. And the important thing is really to have a positive way of dealing with stress and interfering with, you know, some of the negative stuff and so on. Yeah, whatever you're called to, if something's calling you, try it because you're being called to it for a reason. If you have a book you've always wanted to write, write it. This is your time right now. And if that magic's being sparked in you, do it. And and you be you. That There's something right now like people are saying, oh, this is how you do this or this is how you – no, be you. Don't try to be somebody else. This is a time to be your authentic self. How do you stay so positive with the law practice? Uh, you know, and I, I know that's not necessarily our focus, but I'm just wondering, are, are you able to incorporate any of that uh, to give your people hope? Or is it just kind of like the, the police officer who does needlepoint? They, they don't take their needlepoint to work with them. How I stay positive with my law practice is I keep everything with defense counsel in writing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm pretty much like this with my clients. I'm my, I'm my th- authentic self with my clients. I, I do not turn into somebody else. And I just, the energy has gotten nastier and nastier and nastier for some reason. So I keep things kind of at bay with my law practice because I create a nice white light around me <laughs> and don't let that negative energy in because I just, Life's short. I just do not have time for that kind of energy. I just don't. Great. So as we look ahead in 2022, are there some kind of overall strategies that can help us stay positive and the things that that you may have drawn from the people you've interviewed and so on? Absolutely. First of all, everything passes. Everything has its season. Everything passes. It just does. And there's ways to feel better quickly. I like, I like things like that. <laughs> I like to know how I can feel better fast. And there's some that are really easy. You can just dance all by yourself. Just dance. And I'm not a dancer. I'm not a singer. People beg me to lip sync, but <laughs> belt out a song and that you love and you'll feel better. You just will. Go outside, put your feet in the dirt. Your actual feet is called grounding and um, you will feel better. Go for a walk and walk in the opposite direction. It, it also stimulates new brain capacity. There's things like that. I have a list of seven ways to feel better now on the website. It, it, I just wrote something on and then I stuck it on the website. I, I love to write. I love to write things that are not legal (laughs) and take up a new activity, any kind of new activity. There is a way to learn it on YouTube. I promise (laughs) YouTube is an amazing thing. And, um, but there are so many things like that, that you can feel better quickly. Get on zoom, do a zoom call. But the best way to feel better is to call someone and say, how are you? There are so many ways to be of service to others. I mentor a girl in high school that has nothing. And I I let her know, you'll be able to do this for somebody else from your community. There's so many ways to be helpful. And if you can read, there's people that like, they can't, they have nothing. And 
all of these things make others like they fill me with light. So I'm sure they'll fill you with light also. And um, the world is getting back like into action. And there's so many people that just are lonely and to help somebody else not be lonely anymore will make you feel better instantly. It's just been proven again and again. My father is turning 90 um, in a few weeks and he works five days a week at a hospital volunteering because it makes him feel good. It, it lights him up. And he's the first to tell anyone who loses somebody or anybody, anything else, go volunteer at a hospital because he's so happy. Everybody there knows him and he loves it. You would never, I mean, it just, so helping others is the number one thing to make you feel better instantly. There's uh, also very good science to indicate that when you do good for other people, you're not only helping the other person, but the benefits to you, uh, and they've, they've seen it both from a psychological standpoint and also where people have been able to, to actually improve more physically as the helper, be able to give up canes or crutches or things of this nature, not promising anything, but the people actually wind up doing things like that, winding up needing less medication, that there are some real physiologic changes that come from helping others. And there are also, when you talked about, you know, kind of learning new things, you know, so many people that I deal with worry about, you know, dementia, Alzheimer's and stuff like that. And while nothing is guaranteed, that certainly you increase the odds of keeping the brain functioning by always learning and by learning new, new novel things, really important stuff. So yeah. I appreciate you raising that. My friend just learned how to paint. She's doing amazing. And I have another friend. There's this group of women I know in their 80s. They all started, they, once they've all become widowed, widowers, um, what, anyway, and they're there's four women. They all moved in together. One just published her fourth book. They just, she became a writer and she's writing all these poetry books. I mean, it's amazing. Like this is the time to do it. 2022 is the year. People are really, and writing down your goals, by the way, 83% of people don't write down their goals, write down your goals. It, it, there's something about doing that and, and feel into it. I've learned about manifestation. Like th these things are true. You don't have to believe it. Just do it. So 83% of people don't write down their goals. So write down, what do you really want to do? Think big too. Think really big. What do you want to do in 2022? Write it down and then write it down for the first quarter. And it's amazing what that does for you. I have a friend, we've been, there's three of us, we write it down. We've been doing it for the last few years. Then we write, we read back to each other what we wrote down. So do it with a few different friends. The other thing that I'll recommend is we exchange gratitude lists, my friends and I, every morning. And we've been doing it for over a decade. And just write down, text each other. This we do text where we send out what we're grateful for every single morning. And it is amazing what that does for your day. It just oh, raises your energy level. Yeah, that's, that's wonderful. I hadn't heard of that, of a group text of this every day. I mean, we know about gratitude and uh, the importance of, of being able to, to appreciate and take in the good. But I think this takes it to one more level, just, just like writing down your goals. I mean, the... Uh, the chances of you following through on them when there is a plan 
And when you and when you articulate it to others and so on, and make yourself accountable, a lot better chance that uh, you'll reach the end of the year remembering what what your resolutions or plans were at the beginning of the year if if you've written them down. Really tremendous advice from my listeners. Really appreciate it. I guess the thing that I would be most interested in uh, among lots of things is just the the whole thought of, I I think that there are a lot of people who, when you talk about volunteering or stuff like this, it's not like going to a job where people have hired you. Uh, You have to decide on on doing it. I know you've got a, a big interest in mentoring and doing good and getting people involved and so on. A lot of my peers have spent their their work life concentrating on work. And this is a whole new kind of thing. And while many of them won't necessarily acknowledge it, they don't have a lot of practice in, in how to help somebody in, a, in when you're not hired to do something. Are there things that, that you can suggest that can get us past, you know, the resistance of saying, hey, this, this is a good idea, but it's, it's not me. I haven't done that. Yeah, I had never done it either. I mean, in the school, like mentoring somebody, the only reason, (laughs) the reason I started doing this actually is because my kids were the same age and didn't want to hear my advice. And I was like, oh, (laughs) somebody who would want to. (laughs) That is actually the reason I started. And it was so fulfilling and it was so needed that I would start with a local library. I'm serious. There's so much need. And here's the thing. There are kids in like so below the poverty level that you'll forget about you so instantly. I'm talking about way below poverty. They have less than nothing, less than nothing, where you've got a family of six living in one room that they can barely afford to have enough clothes or food and they want to learn. These kids want to learn so bad that, that you won't think about, I don't know how to do this. It's more about, and they're smart. Like this girl was a straight A student, a 4.0 and no, she had no idea how to fill out forms for college or, or what to do. She's a, she's in a really good school now. And I mean, it's really, it's so uplifting and and I want to make sure she keeps going to school because the stats are against her staying in college, even though she's on full scholarship at a really good school. So I I stay in touch and you want to, you just want to keep in touch and make sure that they keep going and it's very fulfilling. So you're not going to think about you at all once you get started. This is not a job. It's not even close to a job. It's more, how can I help? There's nothing like work involved. It's, and you never, by the way, you never want to do it. Like there's at least for me, like you never want to show up. You never want to help even feeding the hungry and things like that. I'm like, I don't want to go. I'm tired. I'm this, I'm that. And I go anyway, I take my body anyway, I go and I've never once regretted it. Never. Even Meals on Wheels and stuff like that, because I wanted my kids. I wanted to be a good example to my kids, but I never wanted to do it. They're not going to listen to this. I know that. So I can say things like this. I never once wanted to do it. And um, 
it's the most fulfilling thing in the world. Just go do that. Go drive around and give meals on wheels to the people that are homebound. Start with something like that. It's, it's just the best thing in the world. Yeah, I think you found what really the key to it is. If your focus is on helping and you forget about yourself real quickly, it's not about you. It's about helping the other person. And uh, there, there's a couple of things that you can't do at the same time. You can't be committed to helping and then be embarrassed or tired or whatever it may be because your focus then is not helping. So, you know, and, and I know I think it's the same thing with this as it is with dieting, with exercise, stuff like that. It always seems harder until you do it. And then if your focus is on what the appropriate goal is, you know, you can accomplish it. You've shared so much with us uh, during this podcast, but I know that there's a lot more that you've got to share. So can you tell us a little bit about uh, where we find you, uh, what other things you've got out there? I believe you have a, uh, an ebook or something that uh, can be helpful and summarize your ideas. So uh, let me let you, uh, we just talked about focusing on others. I'm going to ask you to focus on yourself and tell us all the good things that you've got out there that can help other people. Okay. Yeah. Well, everything's on my website at 52weeksofhope.com. It's the number 52, 52weeksofhope.com. And I also, I, I think it's so fun. I'm just going to mention that I did a compilation episode called the meaning of life, which I know is ballsy. I know how that sounds, but I just took the first 52 weeks of episodes and because I ask everybody what their message of hope is on every episode, and I compiled the first 52 weeks messages into 10 overarching themes. And it's only a 20-minute episode, and uh, I just did 10 overarching themes. I just thought that one was kind of fun, and that just came out a few weeks ago. Or maybe it's now been two months. I've lost track of time, to tell you the truth. Anyway, it's called The Meaning of Life, that particular episode. I thought it was kind of fun. And um, so it might be a good January since this is coming out. So I, it just might be a good episode because for, for hope. And, um, but that link is also on the website, so you can get that. And the ebook is, if you're having trouble, like, you know that there's something that you want to do and you're not sure what it is, I have a free ebook on the website to help you get some clarity. So that's there. Great. Well, I'm sure just from the things you've told us that, uh, visiting your website will be, you know, a goldmine of information and particularly, uh, at the beginning of the year, as we look forward to having a, a really good year, as we're you know still dealing with the pandemic, and uh, in the best of times, people go through challenges. And uh, as you said, you're going to go through it. So hopefully, if we have the tools to be able to deal with it when we go through it, we don't have to go into a deep hole as opposed to you know a challenge or a mild setback, or something that we can confront with a positive attitude. So really, really have enjoyed talking with you and learning from you. Is there anything I should have asked you but didn't, or anything else that uh, you want to make sure that, that we emphasize? Yeah, I think we're good. Okay, great. Well, again, Lauren, it's been such a pleasure. I'm so happy that you are able to be one of my early 2022 guests and uh, 
we'll we'll take your words under advisement and pursue things like writing down goals and recognizing that everything works and some of the things that we've learned that we can implement right away. We'll have all the contact information and so on in the show notes. And uh, I am confident that some of my listeners won't be too shy to contact you and to get on your website, learn more from you and uh, listen to 52 Weeks of Hope because if there's anything the world needs, it is hope. And uh, if we have hope, lots of great things can be accomplished. So on that note, we're going to close off for now. Thanks again, Lauren, for being with us and sharing all your terrific advice. Uh, This has been Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. The podcast will be available, obviously, for download. Please rate, review, tell your friends about it, and be back next week for another very interesting guest. Remember to visit the Mental Health Gym Again, to communicate with me, to learn more about positive psychology-related activities, and to suggest guests for future shows. And if you haven't gotten the book, Rejuvenating the Art and Science of Growing Older with Enthusiasm, make that one of your New Year's resolutions. And on that note, because we're unfortunately still in the pandemic, I'm going to close off again with telling you to stay safe and Everybody be good to people out there. Stay hopeful, stay positive, and let's make this world a better place. And we'll see you next time.